Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark, and then the story gets picked up in Luke. Glory to you, Lord when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they may go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, Do not be alarmed. Do you seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified? He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. And then in Luke, Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with him, who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they didn't believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Please have a seat. I wonder if any of you have got favorite characters from books. Anyone just, who's your favorite person that you like in a book or a movie? Harry Potter, great answer. Anybody else? Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, a good one, yes. Anybody? Anybody else? Any of the kids out there? Sorry? Percy Jackson. Percy Jackson, okay. Somebody whose acquaintance I have yet to make. Um, gosh, yeah, so many. And I bet you're all beginning to think of favorite books or movies now, and, and um, those names are kind of jiggling away in your brain. Uh, I sat down last night after the Easter vigil at one of the tables, and there was a very animated conversation going on. And I had this kind of message sort of in my brain. But they were all talking about, um, they were talking about Anna Karenina. They were talking about Ivan Illich. They were talking about Moby Dick. Honestly, you know, I'd been thinking about Peter Rabbit um, and, and maybe Mary Poppins um, and, and possibly Nancy Drew at a push. But, you know, it was fascinating to just hear this bubble of people who were just so engaged with stories. And all the stories that we read, they tend to either have a hero or perhaps an anti-hero, but they normally aim at telling what one person did, how they affected the narrative. They may not be perfect, but we read and watch their story and all the sort of ancillary characters which come into the story along the way. We learn and listen how people interact with them. And it's one of the glorious things about being absorbed in a story as you find out about the way that other people react. But of course, each of us has a story as well. And I know my own story. I know where I was born. I know my siblings. I know the good things, the bad things, the fun things, the sad things, the things I've got right and wrong, my career path, all those details about myself. 
But because my story is really only mildly different to anybody else's, at best, some of you may be mildly curious about some aspect of it, unless you Simon, whose job is to be very interested in everything I do. <laughs> but mostly, we're pretty preoccupied with our all stories, with our own stories, because one thing is true for each one of us. We only have one story, one set of years when we get to make choices, one story where we are the main character. We only have one shot at it, and we sort of want to get it right. Those questions that we juggle in our brains, do I matter? Do I make a difference? Do I, 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 because the, I am the main character, and so my story is constantly revolving about myself. And today, Easter Day, there is both bad news and good news for my story. First of all, let's stick with the bad news. The bad news, what's the bad news? I see some worried frowns around the congregation. This isn't the Easter story you're expecting, but there is bad news. The bad news is that this story, of which you are the leading character, is going to come to an end. You and I, we're going to die. As Benjamin Franklin said, kind of, it feels like daily in all this world, nothing is certain but death and taxes. I actually prefer Margaret Mitchell's version from Gone with the Wind, which is death and taxes and childbirth, there's never any convenient time for any of them. <laughs> but to be honest, none of us is Aristotle or Beethoven, or not yet that I'm aware of, and so the likelihood is that maybe within 50 years, maybe 100 years of the, your death, much of your life is going to be forgotten in this world. Even if you write books, they might well become outdated. Those decisions that we agonize over day by day, they'll become kind of quaint. Even your descendants might not, within a generation or two, quite remember your name or what you did. All those people you want to impress, they'll also be gone with their opinions with them. And this is a somber topic that we tackled as we came into Lent on Ash Wednesday, as each one of us was crossed with the cross. And those powerful words, remember that you are dust, and to dust you will return. I wonder how those words have lingered in your brain over these last weeks of Lent. Now, living mindful of our mortality can do a number of things. I came across what is called the first principle of the Bushido, the way of the warrior. It's kind of the samurai code, which says you need as a samurai warrior to keep death in mind at all times. Because if a warrior keeps death in mind at all times and lives as though each day may be his last, he will conduct himself properly on all occasions. Not a bad thing to be mindful each day that it might be your last. And really remembering that we are mortal should influence all our decisions because it should influence our, decision, our emphasis on the present, on our choices, on the way that we're going to make, move our lives forward. Because at the end of the day, if this is our story and we're the principal characters, we kind of want to come out looking good at the end. And that sometimes can lead us into a little bit of trouble because we all have a slight internal bias where we want our stories to come out looking good. We want our stories to be meaningful. And so I don't know about you, but for me, that can lead to 3 a.m. conversations in my head where I begin to justify myself. Well, of course, she said that first. And, well, everybody in my family always does that. 
or he was a bit rude. It really was her fault. It's all genetic. We so wish that our stories didn't hold things that we're ashamed of or that we're guilty of. And so sometimes we begin to hide our stories. Secret sins are sometimes a bit easier to skim over. And we hope that nobody has seen the things that we have either done in private or that we've managed to hide, things that we've done in our homes or in our offices. Maybe it's on our computers or reading books or listening to music that forms us in ways that are unhealthy. Things to do with our relationship, with our body, mind, or heart. The hidden stories, our attitudes, our judgments of others, our simmering anger sometimes about stories and situations. And if we think we can get away with it, so often we try to do so. We try to move on, presenting a beautiful, Facebook-worthy image of our lives. But you know what? Jesus sees it all. He sees our real story. He sees that internal story, the one that really happened. Every single thing that we've done and thought and meditated on, either for right or for wrong. And every moment of every day, and the good news we are celebrating today is that Jesus holds the key to redirecting our story. And the good news, let's get to the good news. The good news is that Jesus loves us and forgives us and keeps welcoming us to start afresh. And that is the story that Easter is fundamentally all about, his response to the real news of our interior stories. Last night at the Easter Vigil, we had the privilege of sitting and listening to some of the kind of foundational stories of Scripture, starting in Genesis, and we didn't quite read all the way through to Revelation, though maybe it felt a little bit like it. But we heard some of the climactic moments of history of God's story, coming to this pinnacle of the moment when Jesus dies, and then he rises again. Jesus, the most famous person ever. And the extraordinary thing is, is that your story, your life, your very own, I'm the hero of my story, is critical to Jesus. Because he never forgets you. And his life was determined with your life in his mind. He loves the story where you are the main character. And this moment of the resurrection that we are celebrating today is so critical for your story. So I'm going to very quickly look at two questions. Why is Jesus important to you? And then why are you important to Jesus? Well, why is Jesus important to us? Well, as I've said, it's because if we don't have a faith in Jesus, then the story, the chapter will close when you die and that'll be it. Book shut. Done. The story will be over. But Jesus says the story is completely different. Jesus says that your story is part of an eternal story. Jesus says that you were known from before you were. There's that beautiful Psalm 139. And if you're needing something to do now, stop. And there's a Bible in front of you. Look it up and read it. It's beautiful, the words about Jesus saying, knowing you. It says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Talking to God, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me. When as yet there was none of them. 
You are passionately loved by the creator of the universe. And then John says it so beautifully in his gospel, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This Jesus who we talk about and worship and pray to every week, he came to earth to die for you. And all of these things that we've said and done from Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, the Easter Vigil today, this powerful story that we've been reenacting over the last four days, all has relevance to your story. It's not something out there. That's the amazing truth that we talk about today. Because did you notice that from that passage in Colossians, when it says, if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. This Jesus is offering to transform your story by one significant small shift. He invites you to take yourself out of the center of your story and invite him to be the hero of your life, the main character, to invite him to be the main story. His offer then is to look at your story with you, to kind of hold your hand, to hear where you're sorry, to offer you forgiveness, and then to offer, invite you straight back into himself so that you do get to be in the center of your story simply by abiding in him. The gloriousness of this story is that he offers to forgive you all those times that you have led your story off center, when you've made mistakes or been cruel or said harmful, hurtful things, when you really have done things which you don't want people to read in your story. All those things you hope will be ignored or forgotten, Jesus takes them. He takes them. He takes them to the cross with him. He forgives them and he forgets them. He blots them out. He also takes all the ways that you've been hurt, the violence done to you, your wounds and scars. And he then invites you into a new story. And he gives you a new perspective on your story. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. And then the challenge for us is that when Christ, he's not only going to forgive us, but he's going to raise us right back up. And the verse in 4 says, when Christ who is your life appears, then also you also will appear with him in glory. Inviting Jesus into that central spot means you get to identify with his death, but you then get to step into resurrection hope. As your life is hidden as his, there's an immediate and eternal implication. We get the never-ending chapter. In a few minutes, we're going to baptize Benjamin, and he will be held up by his family and by us to the Lord. And we're all going to make promises of various sorts on his behalf. He's going to be splashed with water and he will be welcomed into the family of believers. Later on, we hope, pray and trust that he will come to declare for himself that Christ is the center of his life. And then he will hopefully be confirmed by the bishop. But today we are praying and promising to do all we can to help Ben to live his life as one who has yielded the main character spot to Jesus. 
that he will allow Jesus to be the one who leads and shepherds and guides him through his life. Yes, all of us are going to die and we will be forgotten, but the rich beauty of your life, that will go with you into the new reality. I read this book over Lent, and anyone wants to borrow it, it's an excellent book called Remember Death. And Matthew McCulloch delightfully reminds us that Jesus chose very concrete things to describe the way that eternity would be. He talks about bread and wine as foretastes. These things which we experience now of beauty and texture and flavor are going to be enhanced in heaven, not left behind. And so it is that the things that you get right, the glorious choices you make for goodness, for truth, for kindness and generosity, those moments when you wonder, you worship, you welcome others into your orbit, all of these things are making you the person that will last. They form the introduction to your eternal story. The life to come is going to be rich in everything that brings delight on earth. And as you step into eternal life, the person you have become in this world will be enhanced and brought into true flesh in the life to come. This life is an appetizer. It hints of the rich feast ahead. And so the narrative of Christianity tells us that the way to become most ourselves is to move away from the center of our story and to ask Jesus to be in the center. It's not easy I was sitting on my deck this afternoon and thinking, you know, you preach these words and it sounds like it's something which we just do, but it's something we do daily. It's something we do weekly. Sometimes I have to do it hourly as I begin to, you know, I want to rest control all the time. But gradually, gradually we learn to love God more, to allow him to grow in importance in the way we make our choices. We learn to yield step by step. And so Jesus is really important to you. But briefly, why are you so important to Jesus? Well, as I said already, he loves you. He thought of you. He created you. You mattered to him throughout all time, so much so that he chose to die for you. He wants to forgive you as you come to him. He wants to welcome you into his eternal kingdom. He wants to be in a relationship with you throughout your time on earth and in the one to come. But also now he wants you to enjoy a foretaste of the kingdom of heaven. So as you invite him into the center of your life, he will lead you into making better choices. He will lead you into looking with a better lens, a clearer lens. He'll help you let go of the things that trap and put walls in your brain. Because God wants to change your trajectory to one which is more beautiful, more glorious. He says, don't worry about fading energies or spending time in a fear of death. He invites you to join him now in the adventure of the kingdom of God. Over this coming summer, we're going to look at finding our voice. What is it as a church that we want to do as a community as we step into more of the kingdom of God in South Arlington? So I invite you to keep coming week by week and to engage as we think through about how do we collectively make good choices? How do we collectively see more of Christ in this area? And how can we rejoice that ultimately death is not something we fear? Because although we may be and will be forgotten in this world, all that we are 
will be carefully and lovingly held by our Father in an eternal frame. Again from Colossians. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment over you, and the words are going to come up in the screen. And I would invite you, we're going to have just a couple of minutes of just quiet to think about your own response to this God who loves you. The quiet might be punctuated by some happy voices. That's just great. So I will read it and then pause and then I'll read it once more. I invite you to shut your eyes if you like, make yourself comfortable, and maybe listen out for one word or phrase that God is just laying on your heart for you to think about and chew over as you head into the rest of Easter Day. Jesus, because I am crucified with you, today I abandon the project of living for my desires, reputation, recognition, and glory. In the authority of your name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I put to death wanting my way to be done with you and other people. Come, Holy Spirit, rise up within me. Break the power of self-preserving and self-protective thoughts and desires. Free me this day from believing that getting what I want equals my self-worth being fulfilled. Free me in order that I may freely love others. Father, I freely abandon myself into your hands. Your love holds me in all my fragility. Whatever you want to do with me this day, I surrender my agenda and without reservation and with boundless confidence in your goodness. Jesus, because I am crucified with you, today I abandon the project of living for my desires, reputation, recognition, and glory. In the authority of your name and by the power of the Holy Spirit, I put to death wanting my way to be done with you and other people. Come, Holy Spirit, rise up within me. Break the power of self-preserving and self-protective thoughts and desires. Free me this day from believing that getting what I want equals my self-worth being fulfilled. Free me in order that I may freely love others. Father, I freely abandon myself into your hands. Your love holds me in all my fragility. Whatever you want to do with me this day, I surrender my agenda without reservation and with boundless confidence in your goodness. Amen.